0: And welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson. and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, what's going on?
1: Uh, A little little tired.
0: Yeah, late night last night.
1: Yeah, it was a little bit late. Late or early. I don't know which one. Yep.
0: Yeah, so we are recording uh this Friday morning after uh, another Miami loss on Thursday night. Uh Hurricanes now 2 and 3 on the season, 0 and 1 in ACC play and have lost 5 straight against power 5 opponents after um, one of the most devastating losses yet in a uh in a Manny Diaz era filled with them. Um I don't know if it stacks up with FIU loss or Louisiana Tech loss from Manny's first year, but uh, Miami obviously um, played one of the worst first halves we've seen from them, um, especially considering Virgi- the competition. Virginia had been 0-2 in ACC play. Uh, Miami manages 10 yards in the first quarter. Uh, down 9-7 half, and it was not nearly as close as the score indicated. Um, but then Tyler Van Dyke making his first real college start. Obviously, he started last week against an FCS opponent. Uh, but his first game against, like, an FBS school, um, he starts off really rocky, but then kind of gets going in the second half, uh, throws a really nice touchdown to Mike Harley, uh, has an <laughs> incredible touchdown run in the fourth quarter. Um, and then he and Cam Harris and Jalen Knighton uh, get the offense rolling on the final possession. Miami down two when they get the ball back uh, at the 10-yard line, I think, right after I think it was a uh, – yeah, I want to say it was a 10. Um Gets Miami all the way down inside Virginia's 20-yard line. Um, end up settling for the field goal at the buzzer, a short field goal, 33 yards. And uh, Andres Borgalis, the 18-year-old freshman kicker um, who had already missed one from inside 30 this year. Uh, it also made from outside 50. Um, so, you know, he's a freshman college kicker who's going to be probably really good here, but still a, a college kicker. Clanks it off the left, up, right. Miami loses, goes to two and three on the season. Um, I don't even know where to start. This was a uh, – it kind of felt like a pivotal week uh, from the program, dating all the way oh, back yeah. to, to Saturday um, when Kirk Herbstreit on college game day uh, excoriates the state of the program. Um, I guess you could even say it goes back to, to last week when Barry Jackson um, wrote about um, kind of like the internal strife uh, I don't know if that's the best way to put it, but basically the the idea, the the different factions within the athletic, the, within the university, some who yes. uh, care about athletics more than others, some frustration with uh, the administration and obviously the state of the football program. Um, so as you said, that, that leads to Kirk Street on Saturday. Then, then on Monday, Manny Diaz opens his weekly Zoom press conference by responding to that without uh, prompting. And then on Thursday, right before kickoff, Julio Frank, uh, I don't, did he, I don't remember if he explicitly like meant, like mentioned the, uh, outside criticisms, but obviously puts out a statement about his role in the athletic department that is clearly in response, um, to everything from the last week. And then Miami promptly, uh, plays a horrible first half, gets booed off the field as they often have, uh, in the last few weeks, um, makes a really valiant effort uh, to come back after scoring seven points in the first half. They scored 21 in the, in the second and, you know, easily could have been 28 potentially if they handle that last drive a, a little differently. And then of course settle for the field goal at the end and it backfires. Um, yeah. Again, I don't really know where to start that there's a lot to get to. You're pretty, you're um, pretty,
1: you summed it up very well.
0: Yeah. But I would say very well. it was, in a era filled with frustrating losses this is right up there with any of them
1: for sure because it built up on everything else right you know? exactly like the, like the like you were talking about the FIU loss i mean the if if you if everything was in a you know in a vacuum you know everything if everything you looked at everything by itself but that's not the way life is um, the, the the FIU loss was horrible I okay. think that's still the worst. Uh, that's absolutely the worst. But the thing is, there are so many other worse. There are so many other bad ones after that.
0: Right? They've compounded. If that was just a one throwaway outlier, you're like, whatever, first year coach, like,
1: Ex- yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, I, but uh, no, that's that's why. And and especially um, after the you know, so so we know that a week ago, uh, you know they. Uh, they they had beaten a an FCS, a lower division team, Central Connecticut State, 69-0. Um, you know, so you know, we obviously know now that, you know, we could throw that one out pretty much.
0: I think we um, knew that seeing I all those that.
1: young ki- yeah, see the young kids. But then we know that the week before that against Michigan State they're tackling That was a story, how bad they're tackling is worst tackling team in the nation, according to pro football focus and all that. Um, and they made a big deal about that, how they'd worked on the tackling. And then this game here against Virginia, it's our opening ACC game. And they just, Oh my God, they looked horrible from the start. I mean, re- worse than horrible. Um, and, um, the same same problems at the very beginning right at the beginning bad very bad tackling um couldn't really run the ball that much I mean I you know just everything nothing went right and then all of a sudden the second half happens uh and yesterday and you're like okay they're getting back a little bit but every time they got back every time they got back The defense let Virginia come back, you know, come right back again. I mean, and don't David, don't you think that's that's kind of a pattern,
0: to say the least? Like Miami. I mean, it feels like it's a pattern. Yeah, I mean, whether it's that, like, I don't know specifically, like, if you would look at uh, the numbers, if the Miami defense is, like, statistically worse after a touchdown. Um, Last night they scored four touchdowns, and after the first three they gave up. Two touchdowns and a field goal on the next the Yeah, end yeah but, it um, is, but, <laughs> but it feels like, my, I mean, it sums up the whole Manny Diaz era so far. It's like the shooting yourself in the foot, right? It's like, what, right? Perfect. Where, yes. I mean, exactly. does any play sum it up better than um, the Marcus Clark almost pick that becomes a touchdown oh, last night? Oh where Marcus Clark, who's kind of pressed into duty because Al Blades was out. Um, Clark kind of filling into that fourth corner, uh, makes a pretty good play, it seemed like. I, I hadn't, like, gotten a good look at the full replay because all the replays were kind of showing how the touchdown actually happened, but right. a, he had a pretty good play to come in and uh, you know, he came from away from the play to get his hands on the ball, probably should have been intercepted, goes through his hands, hits off his chest, it's like almost a great play. And then of course like rattles around and, and lands in the Virginia receiver. It's amazing. When back and bounces off his arm and um, it's just kind of some things up, right? Like, and, and that happened a lot. I mean, they dropped another interception in the end zone in the first half on another, you know, Cam Kitchens makes a really good play to uh, recover and make up some ground. Um, but of course, ball goes through his hands and that I think Virginia scores on a couple of plays later. Um, you know, there's, it felt like there were like 15 instances like that last night where like, it was like Miami almost did something great. Couldn't quite finish. I mean, you could even talk about the, the persistent third down issues on defense, right? Like how many times, were they in third and seven, third and eight, third and nine, third and ten, and um, almost sacked Brennan Armstrong, and then he gets gets loose and scrambles for a first down. It happened a couple of times. Like right. it, it was like that all night, and it's been like that for, really feels like three years, basically, and really even going back further than that, probably.
1: For sure. I mean, I'm looking, and they were uh, – um, Virginia was nine of 18 on third-down conversions. And Miami was 5 of 15. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, uh, it's everything you said is right. Totally, completely frustrating. And, and Miami, like I said before, works so hard to get their touchdowns. It never – it feels like it. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I mean, I know that Cam Harris had, you know, some big runs that he broke through and stuff. But it, it just, to me, always seems then right afterwards, boom, boom, boom. You know the deep comes out. I mean, everything is it's it's yeah. It's the timing. It's everything compounded, like you said. And um, now they're that was their first ACC game, so now they're zero and one. They they have to win the rest of them um, because the thing is Virginia. uh, You know, Virginia. I think was were they zero and two?
0: Yeah, they're in last place. Actually. I mean, well, they were, Uh, I guess, now Miami's tied for last.
1: Yeah, I think, um, yeah, Virginia is three and two overall now and one and two. So they still have two losses in the ACC, and Miami, it almost feels idiotic saying that Miami still can win the, it's hilarious, ACC, you know, because just the way, things are and the way things are going it doesn't seem like it's logical right or rational but
0: <laughs> the
1: acc is all jumbled up and yeah, the acc
0: is not rational so
1: no it's not and i you know it just doesn't like do things just get better all of a sudden i right. don't know. that's
0: that's the thing right i feel like we've said it after every game this year um, pretty much is like, you know, after the, after the Alabama game, we came on and we said, all right, like, I, I think both of us were like kind of throw that game out, but like Miami's got to play better. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and then they come back in Appalachian state, pull that out. And we had the same feeling, like that was pretty ugly, but like Miami's in, you know, like you got to play well to if they play that way again, they're not going to win 10 games, but like the goal this year was still win 10 games basically. Uh, and then they come back against, the, against Michigan State, and they lose there. And we're like, all right, there, there's your wiggle room. Now you have two losses. Like, you know, if they come back and win all their games and play well and win the Coastal, then like, hey, still pretty, a pretty successful season. But, again, after each of those three games, except maybe the Alabama game because I think it was so hard to take anything away from that game, um, we, our feeling was basically like if if they play better, then – then they can still accomplish all their goals. But there were no signs out of those early games that they were going to play better. Um, and I think you could probably say the same thing about this Virginia game tonight. Now, obviously, three losses – or last night, sorry. Uh, three losses. If if they went out, they go nine and three, win the Coastal. Um, and you're like, all right. Like, like, just in a vacuum, that would have been pretty close to acceptable. I think there's some people that want like ten wins or bust. I think nine – uh, no, I never thought not 10 words. Nine, Everybody always and, says that. Right. Nine in the it's coastal big, was probably your goal, yeah. like your, right. uh, your reasonable goal, which, again, is still in play, but we have not seen any signs of that being a realistic goal at this point.
1: And I guess, we, yeah, the, the thing in Miami, God, they, they lay eggs on national TV, so, um, you know, it's a, which compounds it also, I think. You know, every forget it. They don't have any so outside support. I well, they probably do. It's you know, I it's just the, the people we hear from, and it's, I don't know if
0: they have a lot of outside support at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's totally understandable. Look what they look at their performances and what people see. You know, yesterday was you know the national televised game. Um, so it, it just, everything adds to it, everything, the perception, the outside perception, everything adds to the pressure on Manny Diaz um, and whether he'll survive this season. Um, I I mean, I don't, we'll see what happens. I, it's it probably, unless something happens. Well, it it's like weird. what we keep saying, right? If expect. they turn
0: it around here and go nine and three and win the Coastal, yeah, he's going to be the coach again next year. Yeah, right. yeah. I, but if they, I, I, if they continue to play the way they played last night, they're gonna go six and know six. What? And yeah,
1: no, I yeah, I, I agree with that. And but I don't, I'm not sure right now. A lot of times, I'm not sure right now. Uh, he's actually gonna get fired right now. I don't in the personally.
0: middle of the season. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if, I, I think at the end of the at halftime yes or at the end of the first quarter yesterday we looked at each other and we're like, oh, this might be it.
1: <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, t- so I'm, it's, it's an open week. Um, yeah. This so
0: Susan is flying I'm out to, uh should we say where you're going?
1: Yeah. To Oregon. Uh, I'm going to Oregon. <laughs> flying out to Oregon. That's right. To visit my daughter. She happens to live in Oregon. Guess who else is in Oregon? But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I decided to take, you know, this week off because they're open, no availability. And wow, you know, was was hoping it would be a nice, impressive game for Miami. And I could go out there not worrying, but, you know, Miami didn't make it easy. So um, anyway, and they're going to have now two weeks, they have more than two weeks for the uh, the negativity to keep building on itself. Again, understandable negativity. Um, And I think, David, if they play North Carolina next at at Chapel Hill, and we know what happened last year um, against North Carolina, 62-26 North Carolina. Carolina rushed for 500 as
0: yeah, most yards ever against Miami, right?
1: 554 yards, most rushing yards ever against 554 rushing against Miami. And that was the last regular season game last year. And it was in December. It was mid-December um, because of the coronavirus stuff. And I don't know, games canceled and switched around. So that North Carolina, uh, seriously, that game, that, that could be the game. That could be the dagger um, or it could be the opposite, but it's just hard. It's now it's hard to even the hope word. It's just difficult.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, that's the thing. It's like the the goals are not out the window. And obviously that's what Manny Diaz and Zach McLeod and all these players were saying after the game last night, but um, you know, you they're just not good enough, right? they right now. They're not playing well enough to think that anything more than six wins in a bowl game trip to Shreveport, Louisiana, or whatever is. Uh, oh, please, is no.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm. Man, a bowl game, is that a bowl now. Woo. Yeah.
0: And obviously, uh, as we mentioned up at the top, it was Tyler Van Dyke's first start. Like we, you know, we know De'Ara King is. Uh, still probably going to be out for a little while with a shoulder injury. And um, we, we found out uh, oh, yeah. the game yesterday that Jake Garcia is out and then found out he's out until probably November with a, with an ankle injury.
1: Um, oh, so God. Tyler
0: Van Dyke, like they had to roll, you know, if, Ty, if Jake Garcia is on the sidelines there and, and Tyler Van Dyke starts the way he did on Saturday or sorry, Thursday, he probably doesn't get the chance to lead that comeback, that, that comeback that fell just short. Like now, now they're, yeah, you know, and I, I I think Tyler Van Dyke looked pretty good uh, once he kind of got settled in in the second half.
1: Uh-huh. Um,
0: I think Tyler Van Dyke is clearly a starting caliber Division one quarterback. Um, but uh, you know you you don't have a lot of backup plans there, right? You don't if. If no I mean Bumble that's really plan, which that was a, a nice position that Miami was in at the start of the year right where Derek King was your supporter yes. who obviously like I think Miami definitely a faction of Miami fans that were frustrated with Derek King and coming out of last night you should never take Derek King for granted again because uh Miami does not lose that game if he's in their quarterback I don't think um
1: oh 100 percent but then
0: and not, you know, not, not to take anything away from Tyler Van Dyke, who, as I said, is it's still a – it looks like a starting-caliber Division one quarterback. But, like, you know, uh, it, it feels like everything you team. felt good about this team from the start of the year, either because of injuries to D'Erik King or, or even the offensive line um, oh. is, like, there's – everything that there was to feel good about at the start of the year is not a positive anymore. And, and everything you felt bad about at the start of the year – uh, is still a, a pretty big negative. The only thing I think that that is a real positive coming out of last night is like some of these freshmen are look clearly look pretty good. But again, like that was the the last card Manny had to pull, right? Like that was, yep. You know, after everything was going wrong with with the vets struggling, his card he could play was like, all right, we got to play these freshmen. Maybe they'll make a difference. And like they all have moments, right? I, I mentioned Cam kinchin making a good pass break up in the end zone. Um obviously James Williams has uh, really flashed uh, over the last three plus weeks here. Mm-hmm. Um, Leonard Taylor had a couple incredible plays last night. Um, Brashard Smith was, was pretty exciting last night. A couple of times he got the ball in his hands. Um, Romello Brinson was out there a lot and dropped a huge pass on third down though. Like, yeah. Now, these freshmen are all flashing, but like they're they're not the answer right now. They're they're hopefully Miami, for Miami they're the answer in the future, but like that was the last card Manny had to pull, and it didn't work either. So uh, now I don't know, what you know.
1: You know the, what you said about Jake Garcia is true. I mean about the quarterback situation. Um, you know, De'Ara King was out there on the field warming up, and he was but very lightly kind of tossing the ball. You knew, you knew not not just because he was wearing sweatpants and you know dressed differently, that he couldn't go. And we had heard that anyway. I did. I hadn't heard. No one had heard that Jake was hurt, and um, you know, to, which which happened in the last game.
0: Yeah, they he, didn't realize. it. I guess they said whatever it was. His ankle swelled up that night.
1: Yeah, it might have been that forty-five. I'm not. I'm not being funny. Everybody was laughing. But it could have been the forty-five
0: yeah, run. Yeah.
1: Um, that Jake had, that great run that he talked about wearing the brace and all that. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's really scary because it, it, when, when, when Manny Diaz says that he's out definitely through October, maybe through November, maybe, excuse me, into November. And then Manny says, after that, uh, we're hoping we'll get him back by the end of the regular season, all of a sudden, right now that's at the end of November. Yeah. Um, and, and you and Tyler and, and who knows about Derek? I think, the, you know, we've heard that Derek's shoulder injury was substantial, whatever it is. Uh, he was tossing the ball around.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, we are going into a bye week where they have 16 days between games. So like true, uh, this true. is a, an opportunity where he could get uh, healthy, but. Right, yeah. But I, I,
1: he could, but I, I have a feeling he has something wrong with his shoulder. Like, Obviously is something wrong, but it's more than just like a deep bruise or a, I think that, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Cause it's his throwing shoulder.
0: Right, you,
1: you get hit once you get this offensive line. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I mean, Tyler Reddyke was sacked four times, uh, you know, dear King, you know, between the knee rehab knee and whatever, it, you know, he tries to escape and he gets slammed to the ground. It takes one time. So I, I, and Tyler has basically there, you know, Peyton Matoka is a scholarship quarterback, but he's, he's not the future. Um, they, they, they're at, I mean, after Jake, you know, they, like they came into the season with Jake and Tyler being really like we thought, Oh, they're really deep, you know, at quarterback, they've got nothing to worry about at quarterback. And all of a sudden they do have to worry about quarterback. So Yes. Nothing's gone right. Yes. The offensive line has not been impressive to say the least. And um, yeah, North Carolina's a must. Do you by any chance want to go over at the end of the game? Cause they're, I mean, the, your thought of them. On the oh third-
0: yeah. Just the idea of them uh, settling for the field goal rather than going for the touchdown at the end there.
1: Yeah. On the, you know, right. Uh, there were some timeouts called uh, UVA took, took took a couple timeouts. Um, yeah, it,
0: okay. and so I, I don't think this is a you know I have what I would do, and um, I think it's probably pretty split on what most play coaches and people and fans would say what the smart decision is there. Um, I, as a rule of thumb, never trust college kickers, um, and especially you know Andres Borgalis is like good, like he is a good college kicker already. He's eighteen years old he's going to be a a contender potentially at some point in his career, just like his older brother was, but he's right. a 18 year old kicker and has missed a 27 yard field goal earlier this year. Um, yep. I know, yeah, you know, I know a lot of people probably in hindsight are like, why were they, why'd they settle for the field goal? But then probably if you went and looked at their tweets, they were like, all right, we're settling for the field goal. That's good. Um, but to me, you know, get down to the, the 14 with a minute and a half plus left, um, you run it twice, which I, I was totally fine with, to make Virginia burn their last two timeouts. Um, so now you've got uh, third and ten, 10 from the from fourteen, the 14. Yep. with forty-five seconds left, and you have all three, all two, you have both your timeouts left, two of your timeouts, right. all three kind of because they called one right there. Um, right. No, to me, I, I run it down to forty-five there, and then I, I think you got to keep moving, right? Like. I like. Yeah. I was fine with the two run calls there because you had been running it right down Virginia's throat, Um and you need you need to make them burn their last two timeouts there.
1: But what about the conservative runs, you know, or whatever? Would you have done something different?
0: Or uh, I don't know. You got to keep it up the middle because you don't want to go out of bounds. I think. Okay. But like I don't know. Maybe you can be a little more creative. But like to me, the important thing there is just run a make a run play right like. You know, if you block if you block a run play, you're gonna get yards on it. That's like typically how it works. So like they, they didn't block it. There it was the bigger thing. Um, yeah. What else? And then is- on third and ten, I, I think you gotta you gotta do you gotta take a shot at the end zone, basically. Or you know, you got two timeouts. Just like throw a run a rollout, and if nothing's open, Tyler throws it away, uh, which is not a hard thing to do. Um, no. And. If not, you complete a pass and maybe you get a little bit closer or maybe you pick up a first down. You have two timeouts left. You can call one and then run a couple of shots at the end zone. And then if that doesn't work, then you kick the field goal. So to me, like, I don't know what the math would have said his odds were to make that 33-yard field goal. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's say it's 75%, something like that. Um, To me, like, that's pretty good, but, like, if you score a touchdown there, your odds jump up probably to over 80. And obviously, like, you're going to – like, it kind of makes your – in the way Miami set it up, like, their best-case scenario was they have a 75% chance to win the way – to me, like, I, I want to make that my worst-case scenario. I want to – that 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 should be the backup plan is to go with a kicker. It's college football. Like, it's – how many times have we seen kickers miss easy kicks? Like, if every weekend it happened – with good teams with good kickers. Yeah, I, I mean well, I like, think, yeah, obviously yeah. Andres Borgalis knows he's gonna make that kick. Like right. it's a I, weird kick, but like I don't know, like it just was another decision I disagreed with.
1: I um it was interesting about that whole scenario listening to uh listening to Tyler Red Dyke after the game. You know, when he was asked, you know, did he want to go for the win? Kind of like, you know, did he want to throw, you know, kind of, you know, throw the ball, like you were saying on third down, throw the ball? Uh, you know, was the team fighting for, hey, let's try to get in the end zone kind of thing? And he said, he said, yeah, we're trying to score by running the ball. This was telling right here, but we didn't want to jeopardize an incomplete pass or interception and stop the clock or whatever uh
0: yeah, i don't think like an incomplete pass to me is not the end of the world in that scenario Let's but, say- it, it,
1: Let's but say- he said interception yeah. you said the word yeah no, i know
0: i know i mean that's obviously yeah. the risk there to me yeah. an incomplete pass is not the end of the world scenario and i think you can basically avoid an interception like you know if nothing is open just throw it out of bounds like don't force no. anything um but to <laughs> me an incompletion like yeah. you want to play it with seconds left that gets it like 39 40 basically and yeah. you kick the, kick the field goal that gets it down to 37 if you can't stop them then like I don't know like
1: oh well, here's the thing here's the thing your scenario works in hindsight because if he doesn't throw the pick of course because because um because Van Dyke <coughs> excuse me that that third down third and 10 from the 14 they centered the ball, right? So he rushed, he lost two yards yeah. for, for Andy. Um, but uh, you know, they could have before um, that, for, you know, if they would have <clears throat> thrown it, they still would have been, but it would have been an angle. They would have been. Yeah. It.
0: To me, like the set, losing two yards to center is probably worth, like they're doing what Andy Boragallis wants there basically. Like to me, that's uh, yeah. that's uh, that seems like an easier kick in college football where the hashes are really wide, like losing two yards to center it is a worthwhile trade off. I think. Right. So I don't have a problem with that, but
1: all I know is it's going to be, hopefully it's a good week for me in Portland and um, <laughs> and uh, not too bad a week for the Canes, but I, I'm not, yeah, we're, we're not going to, we, we have no access, really not much access um given by um for this week so who knows what's happened in the background we'll we'll be we'll be snooping around and trying to find out um and yeah hopefully this next podcast will be a little more positive from north carolina we're both heading to north carolina right
0: yeah
1: so get ready for the greatest roast of all
0: time the roast of tom brady All right, uh let's let's wrap up by just talking about uh, I've mentioned it all at the top but basically just everything else that has happened uh, around the program in the last uh, week or whatever um, mm-hmm. obviously I mentioned um, it started last week right was that when Barry's story came out last week I guess must have been <laughs> yeah um, I don't know how yeah. would you sum up? I tried to sum it up at the top but I don't know if I did a good job how would you kind of sum up the the big message from that that story the big one in there starting with with barry's story he wrote last week that kind of triggered the response from kirk herbtree manny diaz and ultimately julio frank
1: oh yeah it was he talked to people off the record you know um i think former player and maybe a board of trustee member um and you know people inside the program who just you know have a lot you know lost lost faith and uh in in um and you know blake james um uh hasn't been a it feels like hasn't been a struggle blake james hasn't hasn't come out and and said anything um because i think uh i think he's un, he's definitely under fire also um uh, and that Julio Frank uh, is not you know the president of the university uh, you know people know, isn't really that involved with athletics um, so you know which which in turn got her curb street to say that they that uh, Blake James and Manny Diaz and president Frank are not aligned in their goals and their visions for the program and if that if that's the case, Herb Street basically said, then um, there's no there's no hope kind of that it, nothing's going to nothing's going to happen anyway, that they don't basically it sounds like they don't they don't care. Um, but uh, I, I think there's mixed. There's some trustees, um, you know, who would like to get rid of Manny Diaz for sure. And now probably more for yeah. sure than that. Um But at that point, at at least at that point last week, there wasn't an urgent need, they thought, to get rid of him right away. It's very early in the season. Um, And that some people, this is all a story, some people, uh, you know, that Blake James does have some support um, by President, you know, Frank, but not by everybody. And, um, and that's it. It's, it's been very quiet. It's been so weird. We've tried to get Blake James um, and, you know, maybe again, I'm, I'm heading off on vacation, but may, we have tried to get Blake James. And I just, I kind of feel that maybe a statement's coming out. And like, my, my thought was after, you know, if Blake hasn't talked to anybody, maybe he'll put out one of those, you know, one of those yeah. statements, like, like President Frank, but not like that one more succinct than just talks about the football program and his confidence or whatever. I I, I, I kind of felt a, a statement coming, and I still kind of do from Blake. Yeah, G- wouldn't be
0: surprised if something saying
1: on. that we we you know we we're very disappointed. Um, this isn't what our expectations, and I don't know some way couching it, but the real the real. The thing is that he's in trouble too, you know, he's under a lot of heat. So it's very interesting. The whole, uh, fact, the whole scenario here, um, to see, to see what he'll do. I, I know the fans are totally disgusted and, um, yeah, that's it. And I think they might have and money, you know, everything always comes down to money. Yeah. Somehow they, I think they can, they can figure it out. Yeah. So, i will say Manny
0: Diaz's buyout yeah. for a power five coach, based on what's been reported, is not like as bad as it could be. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, he was a first time college, co- like, the, the, the money you spent there was to get him away from Temple. Once he had him, like, you know, he was a first time college head coach. Like, who's oh man, like,
1: Did, yeah, I definitely do. You see that there's a tweet by, I guess, Temple not Temple University, but somebody from Temple. So, showing Manny holding up the number one Jersey at temple when he was named temple coach Well, before he left there after a few days or however long yeah. it was to go to, uh, to go to UM. And it said something like karma. Yeah.
0: yeah. Although i say it has not worked out for temple exactly either.
1: <laughs> it it yeah.
0: hasn't worked out for anyone. Temple <laughs> lost to directors earlier this year. Like it's, it's not going well up in Philadelphia either. Um, Oh my god! Well, what What did you think of? I mean, the Kirk Herbstreit thing on on Saturday. I wasn't at that game because I was out in um in Vegas covering the Dolphins. Um, but I I texted you I think when I saw that come across my Twitter. Like, just what, what did you think when you saw that happen on College Game Day?
1: Um, it was it was kind of uh, it was I thought wow
0: yeah. It clearly has been like a turning point in like the. Oh yeah,
1: definitely. Because I think, um, I think Kirk Herb Street to me has always been um kind of a kind of a, a, a Miami supporter. I, mean, I think so. He's always really for years kind of been a fan, a fan. You know what I he mean? He likes like,
0: when they're good, right? He knows that yeah. they should be. But he's not a, he's not a basher. No, he's definitely not. He played for yeah. Ohio State, so I know people like don't like him because of that. But like, yeah, uh, he's uh, I like him. Well, I'm saying Miami fans, but yeah, I'm saying. Uh, and Desmond
1: like, Howard too, who put, who said they look yeah, well, like
0: Desmond Howard lives in Miami, right?
1: Yeah, and he said that they look like they're not trying and stuff. I don't. They definitely look like they're trying to me. That's the okay. thing. I they definitely do, um, but um, you know, but Herb Street. Kept talking about the mediocrity, and it's true, you know. He went back to the Larry Coker era, and you know, said Miami's averaged seven and five since two thousand six, and that, that was Larry Coker's last season um, before he was fired. And um, yeah, and and but some of what Herb Street said about that they have to about the student body having to drive forty five minutes to go to their games. I mean, I I kind of agree with Manny on that. What do you, you know what? Um, at least I don't know, it sucks, but what are you gonna gonna get a stadium, right? It
0: sucks, but what are you gonna do?
1: It sucks, yeah, it sucks. But the thing is,
0: it's not like the Orange Bowl was down the street from campus either,
1: exactly, exactly. And hard, it's true. And Hard Rock Stadium,
0: I mean, it's a pretty nice stadium, yeah. I mean, it's always going to hamstring you to a degree. Like you cannot compete in the stadium game with SEC schools, basically. But like that—that's not like that's not an excuse to keep losing ACC coastal games, right? Like your competition right now is, as we've said, as I've said at least a lot of times in this podcast. Like the problem with Miami is not that they're way worse than SEC teams. Like they're not even in that conversation yet. The problem is that they're worse than all the coastal teams that won the coastal once. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They kick coast. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I, anyway, I, so you, the Herbstree thing, I, I, some of it was true. He, he, changed the meaning a little bit of Barry's article and yeah. he added some stuff yeah, I thought yeah. wasn't really, uh, it didn't really matter that much to me. I mean, that's an age old thing about the stadium. Yeah, 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 That's not keeping Miami from being good. Um, and uh, and and he talked about the I guess the facilities, but um, you know Miami is getting bad. They're never going to be Alabama or the major money programs with facilities, right. but they've done they they have done a lot, David. They, and they, oh yeah, facilities. I mean
0: even since I was, I think the IPF was getting built when I moved down here. Yeah, I
1: or mean, enough. yeah, it, yeah, the IPF, and the
0: fact they didn't have that before it was like insane.
1: Yeah, I know. That's amazing actually, but they're, you know, they're, they're doing things and I, I I don't know if that's enough to keep, keep good players out. Uh, I think, I think it comes down to how they play. Uh, I think it comes down to the kids they recruit and, you know, and, and coach and, uh, the, the teaching of these of these athletes by coaches and, um, yeah there are really good athletes here maybe it's the evaluation of talent um but it does come down manny diaz is right it does come down to people and how they play how they play
0: so yeah. people and um, how they play and how they coach right like you said like yes as, as we've yes. said a lot of times the fact that these upperclassmen this 2018 class that are seniors now and was a top 10 class recruiting class i think the fact yeah, that like oh the, god yeah the fact that yeah. none of those guys are like like, I just was looking at Mel Kuyper, did his latest, uh, like, uh, big board with his top 10 in every position. And Miami doesn't have <laughs> a player in any position. And, like, you know, coming out of high school, Mark Pope is a top 10 wide receiver. Um, Al Blades was a top 10 cornerback. Nesta Silvero was a top 10 defensive tackle. Um, right. So, obviously, Greg Rousseau was part of that class. Um, so there you go, you got one. But, like, right. For whatever reason, as has been written a lot this year that senior class just is, is not delivered. And, um, you know, it's great they have a good recruiting class at these freshmen, but if they turn out the same way, the 18 class did, and, and, you know, there could be different, maybe some of it, maybe some of those guys were never, you know, were unsalvageable. You know, there's misses every year in the recruiting rankings. How, you know, there, there's guys who are ranked highly, who don't pan out at every single school. And sometimes it's because they're not coached well. And sometimes it's just because maybe the recruiting services or the scouts, you know, mis-evaluated them. So like, you don't want to put it all on coaching, but like there's a pattern with that upper, with that senior class that has not panned out. And um, that, that really fuels basically all the problems, I think, with this current team is that the, the vets. Um, yeah,
1: bottom line. You know, I play, like best. I
0: said, they turn to the freshmen and like they look good, but like Ramel Brinson dropped a huge pass. Cam Kitchens dropped a touchdown. Uh, James Williams, um, yeah, I, I'd have to look at the the video again, but it sure seemed like he was out of position on that long. Virginia touched in the, like twenty-five yard yes. touchdown run. Um,
1: yeah, he he missed a tackle. Yeah, right?
0: Leonard Taylor missed a tackle on a on a long run. Like th- those guys clearly look good, but like they're freshmen, they're gonna make mistakes. And the fact that this they're not supposed to be on the field. If, if everything went well, you'd be having this great senior class, and you'd be contending for a college football playoff in the ACC. And right now, they're just not there because of that.
1: Yeah, that's the bottom line, David. If they if they were winning, uh, we wouldn't be.
0: Right, yeah, yeah. a podcast like this. But I'll say, the as I said, the, the Kirk Herbstre thing felt like a turning point because, you know, Kirk Herbstre was not saying a lot new there, right? Like, it's stuff – well, obviously, a lot of it was based on barriers reporting. Um, right. A lot of it is things you could yeah, – we get tweeted at us <laughs> every week from my frustrated Miami fans. Um, but it's a lot easier for the university to ignore complaints from fans when, when people are showing up and buying merch – a lot it's a lot easier for them to ignore reports from the local media when you know we're getting a couple dozen thousand people reading our stories um than it is to ignore a curb street rant that goes viral and you know hundreds of thousands of people are watching it on saturday and then literally probably more than a million people like saw it on social media because it went viral like it just becomes impossible for them to ignore once and
1: then watch and then and then watch the game.
0: Right. And then they watch on the Thursday game. Thursday
1: night. The I like usually it's the only game. I mean, there might be an NFL game, but in college, usually that's the only th- game, right? Thursday night. Well, there night. was an
0: NFL game. But yeah, I mean, clearly a lot yeah, of people that, are watching it was a Jags game. Like a lot yeah. of people are watching Miami. And
1: what Thursday. I'm saying is the college fans watch the Thursday night game. Okay. And that's boom, right there. That just uh and I uh, obviously i we weren't watching we were watching the game, we'd look up every now and then and, and I don't even know if they replayed the herb Street thing, probably not, but um, yeah, that was all the proof you needed that game,
0: yep, and I think that's about as good a place to wrap up as any um unless you have any final thoughts uh, as we head into this bye week
1: um. My final thoughts.
0: I feel like we're going to finish recording and be like, oh, we definitely forgot to talk about something because it was one of those weeks. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know. I think everyone gets the situation by now, right? Like, when we're, we're not exactly treading new ground on this podcast either, but... Um, yeah,
1: I, well, I mean, my final thoughts are, I hope Miami gets healed
0: <laughs> and
1: has a better showing against North Carolina.
0: Um, but
1: it's hard to be positive right now. That's my final thoughts.
0: Yeah, they've not, not like, that, that's a good way to put it. They're, there are not a lot of reasons to be positive about this season. There's always reasons to be positive, to, you know, but there's. Well, there's, not, yet. Season, not yet. Not yet, and it's no hard to
1: keep. To positive. Yeah, it's, and it's hard to keep writing things like, well, at least they have the ACC, uh, ACC games now coming up.
0: Yeah, it's the. Uh, what the, we say uh, now? We say they
1: have, at least they have the North Carolina team that ran for 500 and something yards on them.
0: Yeah, maybe they can get revenge next uh, next Saturday.
1: Yeah, but that um, sounds kind of shallow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, you follow Susan on Twitter at s. Miller Degnan. Uh, she is heading out to Oregon to um, spend some time with not mario cristobal but
1: with my family with my daughter like and her okay. family yeah not not mario right, let's hope not mario
0: <laughs> uh you can follow me on twitter at db wilson 2 um yeah that's about it all right let's finish there uh thanks as always for listening um and we will talk to you guys next week